This is Ashley Hodge with the Sikkim 365 podcast. Uh, we have another basketball pod. And unfortunately, we're coming uh, to you after two wins. Kendall Cout is on the line with me. We were both in uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota for the great uh, victory against Gonzaga. Nailbiter 64-63. And then last night at the Farrell Center, I know, Kendall, you were probably watching on ESPN+, Plus, so you probably missed the first eight minutes of, of that game, as I heard. But um, – I, you know, I was a little nervous before the game because uh, LJ Cryer and Adam Flagler weren't warming up, and I'm like, what's going on here? And then uh, you roll out Dale Bonner, uh, Langston Love, and Keontae George, who are really good guards. But, you know, you know Tarleton State amps up the pressure and, and really turns it on from a, a you know, a, a full court, in-your-face, like, you know, muck it up type of deal. And, and you're like, man, I hope we can – uh, survive this game and they did they took care of business they they won 80 to uh, 57 against a scrappy uh, Tarleton State so uh, you want I want to hear your observations we can we can start with Gonzaga and then go on to Tarleton State take it any direction you want Kendall sure I guess let's start with Gonzaga uh, I'm a new man a changed man so in the interest of not drawing the ire of South Dakota I've offered my last South Dakota take <laughs> for a bit uh, I, I kind of like Sioux else. Falls. I, I mean, I got fond memories because Baylor won, but uh, you know, it, 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 I, I mean, I, I actually thought the city was 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 pretty solid. Okay, uh, that's a that's a yeah. I, again, I'm a new man. <laughs> I'm a changed man, so I'm not going to offer any more takes about South Dakota. I've promised the people of South Dakota I've offered my last take about South Dakota. Gonzaga proper. I think um, <laughs> the first thing that really impresses you about that game is that Baylor made the clear decision that drew Timmy would not beat Baylor. Right. And he didn't zero points in the first half, got a couple shots late, but not a whole lot. And they ended up fouling out drew Timmy. So that immediately impresses me. And then Keontae George, has kind of had an up and down season for some folks, but zero chance Baylor wins that game. If Keontae George, I mean, given it's a one point game does not hit some absolutely NBA level shots in that first half. So my big takeaway from that game is, that was the first sign the defense was turning things around. Mm. And then Keontae George in the first half was absolute money. Yeah, no no doubt. I, I put this on the message boards, but Ken Palm defense after the Marquette game was uh, number 75 in defensive efficiency. And they've jumped from uh, 75 to 45 just after these last two games. So they've, they've done a much better job on the defensive end, which is encouraging uh, for the rest of the season because – you and I certainly had our doubts after that Marquette game, but it's trending in the right direction for sure. Uh, you know, I, a couple of points I will make. I, LJ Cryer is probably not, never going to play as bad as he played in that game. Uh, he, he turned the ball over with some pretty weak turnovers. Uh, he d- really didn't get a shot, you know, uh, from three-point range. I, I think he took one, one maybe and missed it. Uh, you know, he, he scored, I can't remember, six or eight points. Uh, you know, he got a layup and – and then got a a corner jumper and and maybe something or maybe only six points, but um, Dale Bonner came off the bench, played heroically. Langston Love played great, played even better in the Tarleton State game, and uh, Jalen Bridges for all of his offensive struggles really locked down defensively down the stretch. Uh, so did Keontae George, really encouraging to see, and uh, Dale Bonner was great, all, you know, throughout the whole game of that Gonzaga game defensively, uh, and then followed it up with a really good performance against Tarleton State. He, he had a couple sloppy turnovers. Uh, but, you know, for, to face that ball pressure all game, he handled it really well. Uh, Langston Love uh, played well. Keontae George played w- very well late. I think he had eight points at the five-minute mark uh, left in the game and then, you know, scored 14 points down the stretch to really put that game away. And then Langston gave us an early lift. He end up, ends up with 20 points. 
uh, all in all, very encouraging signs. You know, our, our backcourt, you know, looks looks great. The defense is better. We got to get more production from the front court as far as scoring is concerned, you know, but um, uh, defensively they're playing well too. So, you know, things are, things are definitely trending up uh, in that direction. And I think once we can get, you know, Jalen Bridges knocking down some open threes and, and Caleb Lohner some, you know, good looks and, and you know, get Josh the ball in, in the spots where he can score, I, I think the offense can, can take a big step forward too as, as, as far as being a complete offense. I think so as well. And thanks to love is I think the story of the last two games. He was basically unplayable in Las Vegas. He plays eight combined minutes, scores zero points. Almost seemed like Baylor was going to go to an eight-man rotation after that Virginia game. And then he's taken the knee brace to a lighter knee brace, appears to have a lot more athleticism. There was that alley-oop saved by Keontae George with like 12 and a half left in the game where he got up. And it's like there are a lot of great Baylor guards recently that would have no shot to get that high up off the air or high up off the ground, excuse me. Yeah. So great performance by Langston Love. And that speaks to how good the guards can be if, you know, Keontae's not scoring well or if somebody's in foul trouble. And there's that card still that Baylor has not played much where I think if Langston Love's really improving like this and with how well Dale Bonner's defending, I think Baylor could go to this four guard look a little bit more often. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I know in the post game last night, Drew mentioned that he's really uh, encouraging Keontae George to hit the offensive glass because he's such a, you know, quick athlete, aggressive, uh, that, that he can do a lot of damage on the offensive glass. He had four offensive rebounds against uh, Tarleton. You know, but Langston Love is a guy that, you know, can get you offensive rebounds too. And, you know, to your point, Kendall, if, if, if both of those guys – can do a good job, you know, defending because uh, they've got some size, you know, six four. Langston loves a six eight wingspan guy. Uh, then, then you can, you know, really have a lot more lineup flexibility and and you know go with the four guards and and a big. Um, it's an intriguing possibility because it's 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 a, a complete nightmare to try to cover because Langston's knocking down threes. We know Dale can knock down threes. We know Keontae Adam and LJ can knock down threes. So uh, it does it does give some interesting possibilities uh as we move forward here yeah but i hope again we hope baylor doesn't go through the virginia or north carolina situation where we're like okay can baylor once again come back from down 15 plus right but i am wondering if baylor gets down 15 plus again if baylor's just going to say screw it the four guards whether it's caleb blow or josh let's get there and so there are things that baylor can kind of hit on for me there can caleb play a little bit better defense he's gotten in foul trouble in some of these games defend without using his hands so often how does Josh O look defensively? Uh, really good mid-range jumper he hit in that Tarleton State game. Uh, so his offense, I think, is coming along pretty well. But can he hit that mid-range jumper a little bit more to provide even more spacing for Baylor? And the third one that we danced around is, I still just cannot believe Jalen Bridge is going to shoot 17 or 18% from three all season. Uh, I think it's more like he's a 30% shooter from deep. But even that would be a huge improvement for Baylor in terms of spacing, what Jalen can do, his confidence just on both sides of the floor. So that's the one that I'm like, I feel that one's coming. I'm waiting for the game where, you know, it'd be hysterical if Baylor goes to Ames. And since I'm not attacking South Dakota, again, I'm a, I'm a new man. I'm a changed man. I'm a different person. We may have to attack Ames, though. We may have to attack Ames. Nothing like ringing in the new year in Ames. <laughs> we've done uh, that again, before. <laughs> we, 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 did that, we did that as, uh, as recently as last year, as a matter of fact. And yeah, my plan is definitely to bring a suit up there and then try and crash a wedding in Ames. <laughs> so, again, if you want to attack me, that's another way you can attack me. But 
I think it could be Iowa State. It could be somebody else. There's going to be a game where Jalen goes like six of eight from the three, and the guy's going to go into the press game or post game press conference, and you'll just hear Steve Pro, who's now gotten the job at Iowa State in my hypothetical world, or you'll hear, uh, you know, Jamie Dixon, you'll hear somebody come into the press conference and say, you know, I mean, what do you want to do? He's shooting 15% from three, and he goes six of eight from three tonight. What, what do you want us to do? <laughs> that night's coming, and I can't wait for that night to come. Oh, yeah. No, me too. I mean, Gonzaga just dared him to shoot. And, uh, you know, he got one uh, from a, a really nice drive and kick out from Del Bonner that he caught in rhythm and, and knocked it down. But then the others, uh, you know, he was he was off. I mean, he wasn't – It wasn't. It, I mean, he, he's not missing, like – Mark Vidal bad. Uh, no offense to Mark Vidal. We love you, man. If you're listening to this, probably not. But, uh, but I mean, he was he 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 was not like uh, you know getting an LJ crier off the back rim. It's always straight on, no matter what type of shot either. He's you know he's kind of hitting the side rim or uh, you know not 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 close on some of these threes. So he needs to get his confidence and, and really start knocking down threes. No doubt about it. Uh, we we do need to tell the AIM story uh, for I mean I, I, we probably told it last year but it's been enough time so so Kendall and I are there we're all snowed in it's it's New Year's Eve was it New Year's Eve yeah because we played the game on New Year's Day right yeah that's right yeah that sounds right yeah I think so yeah yeah so it was New Year's Eve and there's nothing to do in the city so of course you and I are going to look for mischief in our own hotel <laughs> and so so we go down and we walk past this uh um you know like reception area. And so we see a wedding party in there. We're like, wouldn't it be fun to just like crash this wedding right now and just like strike up conversations, get to know the, the locals of Ames and, and uh, you know, see what kind of fun we can have. And so we had every intention of doing that. And as we were walking in uh, to this wedding party, we, we noticed that the guys were all huddled in one corner. The girls were all huddled in another corner <laughs> and the girls were sobbing, crying, and the guys were like shaking their head. So we, we knew some kind of drama was going down. And we we're like, nope, not today. <laughs> we 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 turned the other direction and, and hightailed it out of there. So so that was our our wedding crasher story that uh, never happened because once we saw the girls all in tears, we we knew that was not the place for us. It's a happier year in Ames. We're crashing a wedding this year. <laughs> it is just kind of weird though to get married on New Year's Eve. That's very strange to me. But again, I hope. I hope I've offended nobody else by saying that, but I, I find it odd to get married on New Year's Eve. I just, I'm saying it. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and I and I know the people, the good folks of Ames are, are complaining vigorously because they're like, we get Baylor on New Year's Day, er, you know, or like right around that same time. Every single year, the students aren't here. You know, it's, it's you know, it's, it's always the same thing. The conference has given us Baylor at a time where, you know, it's impossible to beat them because we don't have our students here. You know, there's that, that's what, that's what they're saying on the message boards, which is pretty funny, but you know, it, it, it has been true. I think the last three years we probably played them in early January and the students haven't been there, but uh, I'm sure that's a scheduling anomaly. Yeah. I wouldn't want to spend Christmas break in Ames. So I understand it. Yeah. Well, I did trade some, me a message with uh, Matt Meyer today. Um, I, I said, Hey man, uh, you're the Longhorn Strangler. There, there used to be. Um, you're, you're, you're not old enough to remember this. Some of the, some of the folks that are fifty plus may remember this, but uh, you know, there, there was this uh, player for Philadelphia, uh, Andrew Tony, and a good player, but he would have his very best games against Boston. Like he, he played out of his mind against Boston. Like it was like every time he played Boston. He would average like 10 or 12 points more per game than he normally would. He would never miss a shot. Uh, I was at a game live where 
Philadelphia was down by 12 with like two minutes and five seconds left. And he comes in and he hits like, you know, three threes and, and, and had a three point play, put the game in overtime. Boston ends up winning it in overtime, but, but his name was the, was the, was the Boston strangler. So I, I sent Matt Meyer this message calling him the uh, Longhorn Strangler. And he sent me some funny emojis back, like like kind of the huffing and puffing emojis. Uh, but the, the dude just plays like unbelievable against the Longhorns. Last night he has 21, goes five for five from three, uh, beats them in overtime in Madison Square Garden. Of course, we remember a lot of, you know, Baylor games where he, where he had, you know, tremendous games against Texas. So uh, congratulations to him on getting that victory and, and handing – uh, Texas their their first loss and and coincidentally their first game outside the state of Texas so uh, they they don't play a true road game until January I think they go to OU and that's their very first uh, game on the road this year yeah there's nothing good you can say about Texas's uh, desire to schedule every sub 300 Ken Palm team <laughs> yeah I mean they got Creighton as part of the Big East challenge they did get Gonzaga uh, they routed them so you know they're that's what catapulted them into the top two in the nation but uh we'll see they're, they're not shooting the three well i mean that outside i think their best game was like you know 34 percent and then other than that it's it's a lot of games in the in the teens and the 20s and uh, i still contend that you have to shoot the three pretty well to win conference games because the scouting is so good but we will see there, there's a lot of teams in the big 12 that struggle from three-point range yeah this is kind of feeling to me like a 13 and a five big 12 champion year yeah yeah well, hopefully that's Baylor. Um, I certainly uh, like what I see in the, from the defensive side. We got a big game. Got to wait 12 days uh, to, to see it, but we got Washington State in, in Dallas, a doubleheader. The ladies play Arizona for the early game, and then Baylor plays Washington State for the later game. And then uh, there's, you know, a couple games after that. I think it's uh, Northwestern State and Nichols. Hey, Northwestern State, uh, I think they're 7-2, and two, uh, if I'm not mistaken, so – Solid, solid uh, team, you know, for one of those bye games for sure. And uh, Nickel State's uh, capable team as well. They, I think they took, uh, didn't they take TCU to the wire last year, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, yeah. And of course, North, Northwestern State beat TCU. I think that's, is that TCU's only loss this year? Uh, they might have, I can't remember if they have one other loss. Yeah, I'm going to look it up while we're talking. So, any other uh, interesting um, stories from from Sioux Falls? In the interest of being a changed man, I have nothing else I can offer about Sioux Falls. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, see, our experience was better than yours. You, you had a pretty lousy hotel experience, and we stayed at the Hyatt Place south of the city. It was great. Uh, the, the next day, we, we watched the Big 12 championship game. Uh, Donald Wright was with uh, Sean Urich and I. And Donald was rooting for rooting for TCU for some unexplainable reason, but um, you know we we Sean and I did a pretty good job of just trolling them every time Kansas State did something good. So uh, and, and they ended up winning that game, which was fun to you know. So that you know gives you a good feeling whenever your team wins, you feel better about a place. And of course, you know I, it, you know that atmosphere. I mean, what, that was a pretty awesome atmosphere. Would would you say at at the uh, Pentagon in Sioux Falls? Yeah, but yes, the game itself is a cool atmosphere to play in. Again, as a changed man, I will offer no other comments about South Dakota. But <laughs> once the game started in those two hours, that was a fun time to watch a basketball game. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, it, it, I, I was pretty impressed by the venue. Yeah, TCU is seven and one, so they they beat uh, 
Iowa. Iowa's a decent win, and they beat Providence. Those are their only top 100 wins. And other than that, they've pretty much scheduled as, as poorly as you can possibly schedule. They got Arkansas Pine Bluff, Lamar, Northwestern State, who they lost to, Louisiana Monroe, Jackson State. Uh, so, And then they got Mississippi Valley State coming up and Central Arkansas. Man, they, they've done a pretty good job of, of an absolutely atrocious non-conference schedule. If, if they – you know they could go eight and ten in the Big Twelve and miss the tournament because their their non conference is so weak. Yeah, Missouri's done the same thing. Where I think it's like, look, I get you thought you're going to be bad three years ago, but you got to at least play somebody. Right. They do have Mississippi State, but they're at Mississippi State as part of the SEC challenge, so that may be a tough game for them to win. That that's they have Utah, uh, who's surprisingly good. Uh, so, so, so Utah and uh, Mississippi State are their their two non conference games that can help them if they can notch a win against either of those teams. But, but the Iowa the Iowa win may wear well. Iowa's a decent team. Possibly, yeah. I mean, I, I would guess the Big Twelve will get seven tournament teams. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, well, I, I know you have a commitment coming up. I I, I thought it would be good just to get a little some of our thoughts um about uh the last two games and and we do we do have quite a while before the next game is played you know i i'll make another comment you know just um that game last night uh billy Clyde gillespie it was it was like a two and a half hour game almost i mean you know the fouls there was 50 fouls and 58 free throws not 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 the most beautiful basketball game in the world I, no, that sounds awful to uh, see in person. <laughs> Obviously, I was blessed to not see the first eight minutes, but yeah, know, good for Billy Gillespie getting a job again. <laughs> I went, I went up to him and buttered him up a little bit uh, before the game, and and uh, shook his hand, and and then you know immediately started uh, railing on him every every time he complained <laughs> about the officiating. I'm like, dude, you fouled more than any team in the country. I mean, what are you complaining about? <laughs> Like you know, it, and it, it was like the, the the fouls were pretty even. The free throws were twenty nine apiece, you know. So I mean, as far as getting fair treatment on a on a visiting court, you know, I, I definitely think they got that. Uh, just by comparison, that Gonzaga game just had a lot more flow. Uh, you know, there well, there was thirty six free throws in that one compared to fifty eight, but but it just seemed like uh, you know thirty four fouls instead of fifty, so. You know, not not as not as choppy as that uh, Tarleton State game for sure. No, they need to call more games like the Gonzaga one and just right. be like, we're we're trying to keep it moving. Yeah, right. I mean, there, it was physical, but you know, hey, let's. I'd rather have more of that than than the constant. You know, like there was a couple calls last night that were just baffling, like a double team, a soft double team, and the guy would like back his butt into Thamba or Josh, and they would call a foul. You know, I'm just like, come on, man. You know, with as much with as much contact as they're allowing on the perimeter, it seems like they were just like calling ticky tack stuff inside, and then just letting the guards just mug each other on the on the perimeter. It just is is kind of baffling. Right, and it slows the game down so much more because the bigs take longer to shoot free throws and they're going to miss. And it's like just right. please, please. Right, exactly. All right, well. uh Two two down uh, since last time we had a podcast. Bear, the Bears are seven and two. They're sixteenth on uh, Ken Palm. Uh, you know they're number twelve in the AP poll, and uh, they got three games here before they start conference play. They got uh, Washington State, Northwestern State, Nickel State, 
and then they go uh, Iowa State and uh, TCU at Iowa State's their first one December 31st, and then uh, then they go uh, you know TCU at home on on January 4th. So, and then uh, Drum Tang makes his return to the Farrell Center Saturday, January 7th. So uh, that'll be an interesting one too. Uh, you know, that's it for now. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll have another podcast probably after the Washington state game at, when we have more to talk about, but, uh, you've been listening to this basketball pod with Ashley Hodge and Kendall Cout, sick of bears.